0: Our next speaker, I think you will find just as fascinating as Mr. Tedesco. He is Mr. Egberto Willies. He is a political activist, author, political blogger, and host of Politics Done Right on several networks, including Pacifica's KPFT 90.1 FM Houston. He is a former business owner, software developer, web designer, and mechanical engineer. He is an ardent progressive that believes tolerance is essential. His favorite phrase is political involvement should be a requirement of citizenship. He has made a commitment to deliver the progressive to counteract our pervasive misinforming media sources. Thank you for joining us today, Mr. Willies.
1: It is my pleasure. Uh, Can you see me? It kind of went away. There we go. All right, thank you so kindly for having me uh, presenting here. Uh, First and foremost, I want to say that I am the host of a radio show, but mostly an activist. As an activist, uh, as opposed to uh, uh, John Tedesco, I am more into an activist journalist, Modal. He is a, very responsible in the way he, he gathers his information. And there's a, there are a few differences there between hosts, bloggers, etc. Um, fake news and misinformation. First of all, I, I love what he had to say where he says, uh, it used to be that we had a market of ideas. It used to be that we, uh, that we knew that that uh, we could all have different ideas, come together and, and fuse it and, and do something about it. That is no longer the case many times. Now, how did this all start? It, 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 fake news is something that has been around for a long time, but there is a science to it right now. There's a, there's a memo that was put out by Mr. Lewis, uh, who became eventually the Supreme Court uh, Justice. And within that memo, he realized that people were getting, I, I hate to put it this way, but people were getting very smart. They asked several things about our economy. They asked several things about our government. Why are things working this way? Why is it that we, have, we don't have more control? And if you remember, well, you, uh, uh, young people won't remember this because you were too young, but uh, in those days, uh, people started to make more money. Unions were, were developing. All these things were happening to improve your state of life, to improve what you were they realized that that was a danger to the basic system in this country. And in being a danger to the country, they had to mitigate it. And how did they do it? Lewis Powell created something known as the, Ritz wrote something known as the Powell Manifesto. Under the Powell Manifesto, many things got created, many organizations got created that gave gave false information plausibility. In other words, it gave the impression that I, I, when you hear, when you get documents from the Heritage Foundation, from the Cato Institute, from the Manhattan Institute, from the Citizens of uh, Sound Economy, you actually thought these, this was good information, but other people depended on that information to spill uh, the kinds of things that have exploded now into mm-hmm. fake news. And we all believe it, we have the Fox News of the world, and the AONs of the world, and the News Maxes of the world that whose sole purpose is to deliver that type of information. Now, what was this designed for? This was designed to create exactly what we have today, which is polarization of the body politic, polarization of the people. And it uses the weaknesses of traditional journalism to get its point across. If you take a look at what... Uh, John Tedesco had to say, who works for great work from the Houston Chronicle. I blogged about that piece that he did. Great piece. And it's interesting because where he follows the rules, some of those rules are a hindrance to the truth. And what I mean by that is that if you take a look at the the, the amount of information that goes out today, when many of the traditional journalists go out there today, they say, what does Donald Trump have to say and what does Biden have to say and supposedly if you are a straight line journalist they do the speaking and they do the and and the journalist does the reporting this guy gets an opportunity to get on air no matter what he says now when it comes to what I call new journalism bloggers we need them both bloggers etc they they have the authority the will To go ahead and say what you're talking about is a lie and make it a bit more forceful now like I said fake news isn't a new thing it is not at all a new thing we've had McCarthyism and uh, those the days when uh, we had the Red Scare and and they came out and they accused uh, people of being communists Communist was the word then, right? We were going to become a communist country. Everybody is scared of the word. Communism, what does it really mean? Nobody really knows what it means, but they are scared of communism. They even made socialism into communism, and there were problems there. So that was a lot of fake news going on then. The Vietnam War. The Vietnam War was fake news. We weren't supposed to have 56,000 people, 56, people dead. We were just there to monitor, but we always knew what we were doing. When the bombings were occurring, we all knew what it was doing. It was misinformation, it was lies, it was fake news. So it's not new. War on drugs, you know? We look at war and drugs, and we go into the ghettos and the barrios and the people that we see doing drugs, look like me or look like some, somebody else. And that is a picture everybody sees as drugs. When you talk about uh, crack, cocaine, and you see what it looks like, that person who's gonna go to jail, that is, what, that is what criminality looks like. That is what drugs look like. And the newspapers put that out because it's either or either. And we put them away. That was fake news because it didn't give you the totality of the picture of the war on drugs. It didn't tell you that in Appalachia there was a problem. It didn't tell you that the poverty in Appalachia, the poverty elsewhere, was really the problem. Fake news? But we didn't call it that then because it wasn't affecting everybody, right? And that is one of the issues that we have, the interpretation of criminality. We go ahead and we, we, we hear statistics about where crime is. And you look in the newspapers, that's the same thing that you see, where crime is, and you look at the FBI statistics, and it comes out and it really does look like there is a preponderance of crime based on ethnicity, based on locale, based on these things. Is that real news? No, that's fake news. The entry into the criminal system is based on the police who meets people. And if they meet people and that's the ones that documented, criminality looks different than reality. Is that real news or is that fake news? So while we look at Donald Trump and all these other issues as being a new thing of fake news, we have been living through fake news for a long time. Most of your minds have been created or have been, uh, have been modified by what fake news is your thoughts on race, your thoughts on uh, on sexism, your thoughts on homosexuality, your thoughts of, on all those things, most of the times have been based on fake news, many times coming from institutes that have the plausibility of reality, which in generally is not the case. So we have to have a completely new paradigm as far as uh, whenever we discuss fake news, whenever we discuss misinformation, et cetera. You know, as an engineer, I know that one plus one would always equal to two. I know that F is always equal to MA. Force is equal to mass through acceleration. We know all those things, right? But there are certain things about the news that, that, that we talk about social-wise that we don't because they're not black and white, I remember one of the things that really bugged me earlier on in life under the presidency of Bill Clinton. And you notice that's the only picture I have in the presentation right now. Is I remember when Bill Clinton signed the welfare reformed bill. And there was Bill Clinton sitting down with signing that bill and there were two black women, the stereotypical thing, a fat black woman and an average black woman next to him as the representation of welfare. And nobody said anything. Nobody said anything in the news. I didn't hear any newspaper said, why was that the picture of welfare? Was that real news or was that fake news? That was one of the most important pieces of legislation passed But what it also showed, it inculcated into the minds of people that that was the view of welfare. Most people on welfare don't look like them. The vast majority of giveaways in the country don't go to people that look like that. But if you look at all the news today, you are going to believe that. Because that is what's presented. The Iraq War. We had a war that was based completely and entirely on lies and the people who promoted it, who worked for the New York Times, who worked for all these other places. Nobody paid a real price. Well, one woman from New York went to jail because she didn't reveal her sources, but nobody paid for it, right? Fake news, of course. So are we wondering now why Americans are so susceptible to the news that they hear? i tell you a quick story. Um, I, I blog a lot. I, I have, I, I, am a blogger. I'm a radio show host. And I, I used to blog at Starbucks a whole lot, sat down with this woman and talking and, and she just said, I see you in here all of the times. What are you doing here? I'm blogging, et cetera. Oh, that's nice. She talks. And then she, she started to get into insurance and that sort of stuff. And we started talking about insurance and she started to tell me what her health insurance was all about and why she hated her health insurance. And I started to give her, I, I gave her Uh, you know, wouldn't it be nice if this? Wouldn't it be nice if healthcare did this? Wouldn't it be nice if healthcare did that? And this, I live in Kingwood. I'm in a very conservative area, right? I'm the only liberal, progressive, crazy out here in a bastion of conservatism. So I'm a, a conservative Starbucks and she probably thinks I'm a conservative and she's agreeing with absolutely everything I said. It would be nice if healthcare did this. What I described to her was, Medicare for all. And she loved it. And I felt guilty because I knew that this woman was a conservative. And I finally said, ma'am, I just want to let you know that what I just described to you was Medicare for all. And I am a very progressive Democrat out here. And she looked at me in horror and she said, but you're so nice. And then I said, Ma'am, you need to go have some lunch with the, you need to go have some lunch with the liberal ladies who lunch out here because the truth of the matter is we all are nice. Liberals are nice. Progressives are nice. All folks are nice. It's what's put on us that makes us not nice. It's what they are doing to us. And you young folks that are out there, if there's one thing I can get across to you, is don't let those strings pull you. Use your minds. Because your minds are better than the, peop- the minds of the folks my age, because we done screwed things up. Immigration. I spoke to a guy on immigration at Starbucks again. He comes in and he says, "Egberto, um, you know, we need to get rid of those you-know-what and this and that and that. I'm an immigrant now. I said, oh, come on, look. And then we, I go into a few things and I said, I tell you what, my friend, uh, go ahead and look up social security, look up immigration, look up taxes and all of that. Don't tell me what you find, but just look it up and learn a little bit about that and go to objective sources, not only Heritage Foundation or the KDR Institute. And a few weeks pass and this guy comes into the place and he slaps me on the back and he says, hey, I have something to tell you and you're gonna love it. I'm like, what? He said, I am all for immigration now, but I want more. And I'm like, oh, really? And then he said, oh yes, because you know what? It turns out that If we have more immigrants, my social security check can be better. So, you know, that's a right-wing guy talking, right? In other words, I agree with it as long as I can see a direct benefit for me. But it's okay. I'll take it. I will take whatever it is to move us forward. Anyhow, so um, the misinformation has – why are we taking misinformation seriously, so seriously now? Because we are starting to see that it is starting to have a direct effect on us. Right? You remember in the Obama days, market-based healthcare is all we wanted to talk about and uh, is is all they they wanted. Obamacare was socialism, right? Death panels, throwing grandma over the cliff. But guess what? Now a lot of folks are seeing coronavirus. Oh, my God, how am I going to pay for this? suddenly it's starting to have an effect. So the fake news of uh, some of the fake news that was out there is being mitigated as we create new ones to counteract the other immigration. No, people are taking your jobs. They're bringing diseases to you. Truth, no. Truth of the matter is the people from these Central American countries, from where I'm from, we have a higher vaccination rate generally than here in the United States. Bringing diseases? Not really. Taking your jobs? No, bringing jobs. Most people that come over here, come over here wanting to do uh, jobs because they're, that, that culture, they had to just do more. America is a very cool place, man. Very cool place. Illegals voting? First of all, no one should be called an illegal. It's an undocumented worker within the United States. But illegal? No. Uh, do these... Which uh, that we talk about that we allow voter fraud to enter our lexicon is uh, ask us to deny our mindset, ask us to deny that we have a mind. Why? If you are an undocumented worker here, uh, why would you risk going to vote illegally if you know that's an easier way to get you kicked out of the country and voter fraud? Why would one person doing one vote that has an inconsequential event or result, why would you risk spending time in jail to do that? Voter fraud machines? Now, that's something that you may want to consider looking at. You know, you know without a paper trail? I, I, I'll give you that, but there's no evidence of any of that. How corrosive is this? When we look at what occurred in... Texas, the freeze. The freeze occurred because uh, we didn't winterize the plants, even though it was suggested by the federal government, Texas has its own grid, most of Texas has its own grid, it was suggested that you go out there and you clean up and and you, you make sure it doesn't get affected by cold. We didn't do that. Our governor comes out and says, the reason why we had the, the cold is because the windmills fail. And if you think the Green New Deal is going to save you, this is just an example of what the Green New Deal is going to do for you. Completely lying and makes no sense. Fake news, of course. Misinformation, of course. But we are so polarized in the way we have, we have allowed them to polarize us such. That our minds work through the poles first, pol- through the polarization first, and then through the intelligence. So we have to be careful. Now the guy went ahead and says, oh, I'm opening the state up because we want our freedom. I'm opening the state. Businesses need to be doing fine. But of course, we really know what it is. It's spring break, guys. They want your money. They want you to go to, They want you to go to the beach. Young people, go to the beach. Go spend your money. If you get homesick, they make money on all sides. They make money when you got to pay the health care bill. They make money when you spend your money. That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. So um, what is the solution to all of this, in my humble opinion? My humble opinion is conversation. That's what I do all the time on the radio. My thing is to talk to everybody. Listen to everybody. I listen to the conservative, the anarchist, the, the communist, the socialist, the every s that you want to be. I want to hear you. And I'm not only talking about, and when I say I, I mean us. We should all want to hear each other. You sit down and you listen. You sit down and you, you try to see where that person is coming from. Because generally speaking, if you give the, if you give the respect to somebody that you're going to listen to them, generally speaking, that that is reciprocated. Generally speaking, that is reciprocated. Then I also put in there selflessness. There are times that you have to say, I am going to be the better person. I am going to be the one that gets beat up for a better good. I have been called as being a, a host, being a blogger, I have been called every name nasty thing you can think of. And I know you guys pretty much know what kind of nasty names I could likely I was likely called all the time. And many times the response to it is, okay. Do you feel better now? Let's have a conversation. And the reason why is because our our polarization with fake news and everything else that keeps us polarized is by design. It's It's how we keep a very small amount of people in power over you by controlling you, making sure you hate somebody else. And if you hate somebody else, you don't have time to understand who is screwing you. And that's the bottom line. The bottom line is once you break that, once you break the control from the puppeteer, once you break that, we can actually make progress. And that's why it will take some selflessness from many of us, those of us who can stomach it, all of you can't, but some can, so that we can actually move forward because it is, is they are dependent on us being at each other's throat. And I can tell you for one, I will not be at anybody's throat. I want to be everybody's buddy so that we can move forward. So I hope you got something out of what I had to say and thank you so kindly.
0: Thank you, Mr. Willies. Our next question was asked um, to Mr. Willies about his identification as an activist. And does he think that this gives him more leeway in his reporting than John in his more traditional journalism role? Also in the chat, we've had a student that has come on several times and addressed Mr. Egberto directly with some questions that he would like to talk about. And so I appreciate that student for bringing in his perspective. And I know Mr. Willies would like to Perhaps, Mr. Willies, if you can explain what this question, uh, what the student is actually questioning, and discuss that, please.
1: Okay. Um, With respect to whether I can um, can be as objective as as um, John, the the answer is yes. Am I opinionated? Also, yes. Do I have more leeway? Yes. I am a blogger. I am not a. I don't. I don't follow the rules of journalism that uh, Mr. Tedesco is obligated to follow, but what I am is truthful. So it's truthful with an opinion, truthful with a bias. That is, that is what's very important. In, in general, uh, Mr. Tedesco is not allowed based on classic journalism to show his bias. I am allowed to show my bias based on the type of reporting that I do. And people know that I show my bias. I'm a liberal, I'm a progressive, that's who I am. With respect to one of the other questions that was asked uh, as far as, if, an, if an, an immigrant comes over the border illegally it showed that they were able that they are willing to take risks yes they are willing to take risk to come to a place where they think their lives would be better. After they have taken that risk to make sure their life is better uh, taken uh, it would be uh, why would they want to take a risk to be thrown out the other side so I, I think what? Uh, the, 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 um, the, the, the young man who asked the question was trying to drive it as well, he's, he's a person that take risks. There's di- there are different types of risk, And it's important that we understand it because many times these things are used as tropes, right? So um, I came to this country from another place because I wanted a better life. Most people who come here want a better life. Hell, the people who came here uh, to populate this place came here for a better life. Most of us who come just wanted a job or wanted a good life. Remember that those who originally came conquered. So I think it is very important for us to have perspective. Um, nobody's illegal. Immigrants, I feel if they found a way to get here, I think they should stay. Why is that? The, the, the genesis of this country, those who came here, stayed. I believe in honesty, I believe in parity, and I think that is what we we ought to get off our high horse, in my humble opinion, and say, if you are, look, we as a country can stop people from coming in, and that's legal, that is okay. But if somebody is smart enough to get across anyway, I want that person here.
0: Uh, these are just some few general questions that have been pulling about what's the underlying motivation of news media? Um, Why is it so easy for people to join in on a conspiracy theory, but yet to then dispel that theory? And then a further question on the same topic is postmodernism infers that there is no existence of objective truths. So is this just um, individual personal perspectives
1: you know uh, like i mentioned in the beginning of my piece where i talked about the powell manifesto the powell manifesto was there to really really change our psyche uh, read the documents when you get a chance everything that i talk about is documented you can read you know in the general sphere now one of the most important things there is that one of the things that was started earlier on if we look at pre reagan just Pre-Reagan, post-Reagan, we saw that everybody attempted to first say, distrust the government. The problem, remember what uh, Reagan said, uh, our problem is the government, right? So you distrust the government, what it really means you're distrusting is yourself. We, the people of the United States, is government. And when they've taught you to distrust government, then they can go off on a tangent. Now the private sector is everything. Now the private corp is everything. We teach you that. And given that you don't have a central location now where you can have thoughts that are, uh, you, know, you know, where we can actually are, say an arbitrary place where we can say, this is not right or wrong. You have to depend on all those people who have other interests at hand. And if you have a multiple folks that have interests and they all have a profit motive, what do you think things are gonna look like? Exactly what we have today, where people distrust the government and, uh, and the, the government who they vote for, but have other, you know, uh, give others interest.
0: There's three questions that kind of tie together that relates back to just what you were saying, Mr. Willies, is when does, at what point does an opinion become misinformation? And is this when you speak it as a fact or is it that posting on social media versus traditional media sources, and then they're saying, well, is it right, or is it expected that when someone becomes an elected official, they lose their right or forfeit their right to have their own opinion that might go against what their organization is supposed to be saying?
1: You know, for, for a lot of things, opinions, uh, you know, I mean, if I, if I have a mask on, and I know the mask takes care of Items that are of a particular micron level and somebody tells me it doesn't work. You know, I'm an engineer. Okay. So, I mean, for me, it's a little bit more black and white. Uh, And and that is, that is, uh, there are certain things that that are, that occur, occur in the opinion field. But in my opinion, there's not a whole lot that occur in the opinion field. There are certain things that are just so. Uh, When, when uh, Abbott went out there, uh, you know, natural reporting has to say to some extent, well, you know, the wind power was a certain percentage. In my case, when I went on to the radio, I said Abbott lied because uh, that is what his intent was. He lied. When he talks about uh, masks, he's lying. I know that there's a certain, that an N95 mask does a particular job. People may wear it wrong and still get sick, but wearing masks work. And, you know, there, there are a lot of these issues that are black and white, and we give too many of them plausibility. And I think we have done a disservice to the mass of people in general by allowing that. And, and the people that have done that, again, like I said, with the Paul Manifesto and the Cato Institute and the Heritage Foundation and these guys, they have given so much plausibility to things that all our young people there that are that may be somewhat misinformed, uh, we can't blame them we have to blame what was orchestrated to misinform them. There are very few things that, that are opinions that uh, cannot be said, that opinion is simply wrong or that opinion is simply right, in my humble opinion. Really thought of something that, that, that gives a good example. Um, I am for big government meaning right-sized government, bigger than any corporation, because I think we the people should be the ones who decide things, right? We the people. No corporation should be bigger than we the people because I don't want a corporation telling me whether I can do certain things, but we the people can decide. Now, some people genuinely believe small government. Those are opinions, right? And there's no right or wrong there. I believe in, in larger government. Somebody else believe in small government. I can I can talk to that person and we can have opinions there because neither is wrong or right. But when it comes to mask, one is wrong and right.
0: The reason why we chose this event and to cover misinformation in the media this semester is because it's so timely. And that's our goal with the ACE program is to bring you current events, current problems, talk about what's going on and relate it to communication. So I've had a lot of questions specifically asking about a particular topic. And so I want to open it up to our panelists. For them, if you would like to say anything about a particular announcement that's been made, misinformation, true, false, whatever, I'd just like to give you some time to discuss whatever you would like in relation to all these questions I'm getting from our students about specific happenings we've had here in the past day, week, month, and year, unfortunately.
1: I think when people are grabbing for, um, when people are grabbing for a justification for something that they know is wrong, they'll grab at anything. And I think that is where that comes from. When they know that, when, there are a lot of isms why these people grab on fallacies, and you know what I'm talking about. But what I really um, wanted to say to the young people listening is please, listen to yourself, listen to your minds. I, I work with a lot of young people and I find that young people are smart. I find that they are the ones that are, um, they're, they're sure as hell aren't like my generation, I can tell you that. And, um, and the thing about it is, please, please don't let us pollute those minds because you guys have a whole lot going for you and you can read between i'm not going to say the word like john said you guys can read between the bs i i I just think that um uh we are not in as bad a place as we think right now one of the persons said uh, how comes you guys always hit fox news and all these other stations to which i said i think in the beginning of the thing that i spoke about I I went all the way back to McCarthy era. I think I went back to Vietnam. I went back to all of that, and a lot of that with the um, with the um, Iraq War and all of that wasn't really Fox News. It was really New York Times and several of the other progressive rags that were on board. So when it comes to the mainstream media, uh, I think um, right now Fox News and and the others get a hard time, but it corresponds to all of them because we also have to remember they're all corporate owned, which mean privately owned, based on commercials, and they need to watch some of the things and how they report.